And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 332. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And early winter, as it were. It's the beginning of November, and we've had our first snowfall of the season this morning. Yeah, um, not a lot of snow, and it didn't stick, but, you know, that is a taste of things to come. You never know here in Chicago weather what you're going to get. And, yeah, a little bit of sloppy snow this morning. And, yeah, it just, a, just a quick reminder that, you know, the casket of ancient winters is going to be open soon, and we're going to be inundated in the white stuff. But for now, hey, things are the same as always. A little bit chilly outside. I am very fortunate to be indoors and warm on a day like today. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. So we're just going to go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the God of And this week we are looking at The Mighty Thor, issue number 34. This was published originally in April of 2001. Cover art is by Andy Kubert and shows Thor and he is kind of crouching down. He's got Mjolnir in his hand and Mjolnir looks kind of wonky, like the perspective is off, but we don't nitpick like that. And standing in front of him is a character with his hands on his hips, is looking very Supermanish, but it's not Superman. No, it is, in fact, Gladiator, who we talked about a little bit last issue. And he is shrouded in shadows. You can't really see him, uh, but you see that he's got a big old mohawk and he's got this big upside-down triangle thing on his chest. So, yeah, um, trying very much to make it look like Superman without uh, giving away that this is actually not Superman, um, except for the science. Mohawk, of course. The giant mohawk kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Anyway, so uh, going to the, the uh, beginning of the story, we have a mysterious figure showing up at Avengers Mansion. And apparently he's one of those people who likes to keep pressing the doorbell because we go, bing dong, bing dong, bing dong, ding dong. And Jarvis, the butler, answers the door looking very... I don't know. It, it's kind of stereotypical butlery, not really on model as Jarvis. Of course, Jarvis is one of those characters that's kind of appeared and you know looking different almost every time he appears. But uh, this is Jarvis looking particularly uh, stereotypical, and he answers the door. Good evening, sir. How might I be of service? And we have this uh, gentleman. He's uh, wearing glasses, and he's got kind of a weird, kind of square cut hairdo um, and he uh, is wearing a blue tie and a gray suit and he says uh, Cal Kramer Daily Bugle beat reporter 
I'd like a few minutes with Thor for a story I'm doing on Norse mythology. I'm afraid Master Thor is not present. Perhaps another time, sir. Mind if I take a look for myself? I'm afraid I cannot allow you to enter. No need. I can see he's not there. You saw, says Jarvis, and uh, the, the reporter turns and goes to uh, walk away. Once the Thunder God and I do hook up, though, he's as good as dead, says he, this guy through grated teeth. And we open to the splash page where we have the title of the story, Man of Tomorrow. Dan Jurgens and Andy Kubert are co-credited as storytellers. Scott Hanna was the inker. Gregory Wright did the colors. Richard Starkings did the letters. Mark Sumerak was the assistant editor. Tom Brevoort was the editor. And Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. And we start with uh, Thor facing off against Tareen, the designate, uh, a.k.a. Thor girl, as we saw at the end of last issue. And they're face-to-face, and he says... Thy desire to be tested worries me greatly, girl. If serious harm should befall thee, the entire universe might suffer untold damage. I am Tyreen, the designate, the supreme. Thou wilt do what I say. As guardian, in the words of thy fellow warriors, have at thee. And she fires an energy beam out of her a gold hammer with a scow. And Thor easily deflects it with Mjolnir, and the, the energy goes cricked as it cascades around him. Ulick stench! Hardly did I expect a blast mighty enough to topple a mountain range. If not for the might of magic of mystic Mjolnir, I may well have been laid low. And this is going on between the two of them. And the Thor says, Words to describe thine importance to the future of the cosmos do not exist, girl. I beg thee. Cease thy rash actions and leave the dangerous grounds of Midgard. Return to the protection of Tananile and the colonizers. And there's a bunch of construction people and they see this sort of lightning storm going on. And they go, whoa, look at that. And this reporter guy who we saw earlier uh, says, hmm, hardly a normal occurrence. Perhaps a closer look will reveal. Yes. Thor, and we see he has some sort of a telescopic seafar kind of vision. And the uh, battle's still going on between Thor and Tyreen, and she's shooting energy out of the hammer. I say thee nay, godling, to seek to smother me, keep me from tasting life. Tis here that a multitude of experiences and lessons can be found. Nay, Tyreen, this place is too barbaric for one such as thee. Seek thee out a place of enlightenment and knowledge. Or ye might achieve thy destiny there. Art thou not a hypocrite to suggest such a thing, when thou hast abandoned thine own golden realm to dwell here among mortals? And she pitches her hammer at Thor's belly, hits him right in the in the chest with a whud, and he gets knocked back with a chucked as he knocks down a uh, like a it looks like a um, kind of like a chimney, not not exactly though. I'm not sure what this is, and then smash as he goes through a wall. And this building looks as though it's probably abandoned. Uh, so that's that's fortunate, at least. And Thor is kind of... Uh, <laughs> he's been caught in some cables or, or uh, pipes or something, and he's kind of hanging upside down here. And uh, Tyreen has kind of launched herself after him, is flying in. Please, Thor, let not thine anger consume thee. By the fury of Odin, mayhap I should not hold back against thee as I have. If thou wert not the key to life beyond calculation, 
I would be tempted to spank thee. Please, Thor, let not thine anger consume thee, says Tarine. All my life I did live in a protected environment, hidden from those who would do me harm. Once Thanos took me, though, I came to realize that there was so much more. Aye, does I realize, said Thor. And he's uh, picked up her hammer, so I guess anyone can pick up her hammer. It's not just those who are worthy. And he hands the hammer back to her, and she says, Because we be spirits and kind, you appreciate the excitement and variety of Midgard. Tis true that Midgard is most unique, says Thor. Which is why you dwell as a mortal in the guise of Jake Olsen. Thou, thou knowest, says Thor. I am the designate, she says. I sense things in people, as though they are books opened for my reading. Thou art but a seed, waiting to grow into the mightiest oak, says Thor. If thou art staying, shelter must be found. May I stay with thee? And um, Thor bangs his hammer on the ground, and he uh, changes back to Jake Olson, and he's talking to her, and then she has changed back to a earthling type of identity herself. And Jake says, No, Jake Olson's mother is staying with me, and your presence would be impossible to explain. Do you have any other ideas? says Tareen. One, if a friend will do me a favor. Cool, and who might that be? You'll find out when we get there, says Jake. And Jake says, uh, How is it you can talk as guardian one minute and... The Earth Teen, the next. I am Tyreen, the designate, the supreme. Forget I asked, said Jake. And we then shift to the land of the trolls. And uh, there is a cave sort of structure, a bunch of trolls hanging out in the cave. They're wearing armor with like, spikes on it and, and little horns and that kind of thing. And then sitting on a big stone chair, kind of amongst everybody else, is none other than Ulick, the king of the trolls, who we've often seen in the past. And the uh, trolls are bringing, I guess they're, they're bringing complaints to him or whatever. Ulick, we would have words with thee. Careful, lest I pull thy tongue from thy mouth, Stelix. But the ice storms decimated our crops, and the hunting grounds are barren of game. Our people starve. "'Tis not news to me. "'Tis Odin's fault we suffer so.' "'Oh, doth he not snore loudly in the grip of the Odin sleep?' "'Aye,' says Ulick. "'Were he awake, he would not court our ire by making us suffer. "'He would feed us. "'Now that wench who replaced him, Sif, ignores us. "'And those who ignore Ulick do so at their peril.' And we shift again, and we are back in New York City, and we are at the hospital where Jake Olson operates from. And uh, Tareen and Jake are walking into the hospital, and she's saying, But I still don't see why I can't stay with you, Jake. You have so much you can teach me. It just don't work, Tareen. If you're going to stay here, your real identity must be kept secret. Okay, okay, until I learn the way of the land, you make the rules. Good girl, says Jake. Now come meet my friends. Hannah and Amanda Fairmount. You two are a sight for sore eyes. And remember Hannah, well, she hasn't appeared for a while, but here she is and her young daughter, Amanda, who seems to have grown into a teenager over the last 
12 issues or so. I, I, she was kind of a younger, uh, younger girl before that, wasn't she? Jake, why, it's good to see you again. As if, says Amanda. Look, Amanda, I know you're probably mad at me for breaking up with your mom and all, but I was hoping we could be pals. Right, the best of. Care to introduce us, says Hannah. Hannah, I'd like you to meet Tyreen, my cousin. And she goes, hi. Cousin? Why, Jake, I didn't know. Hannah, I have no right to ask this, but I was wondering if I could beg a favor of you. We're still friends. If it's reasonable, I'll be glad to help. The girls are about the same age, and Tyreen will be staying in the city for a while, so, so I was hoping that she can bunk with us for a while. Of course. It'll be fun, won't it, Amanda? Scads a laugh, says Amanda. Amanda Meredith Fairborn, your manners are atrocious. What do you expect? This louse was supposed to marry you, but he backed out. You let us on. You lied to us. Mandy, I, I did, I do care for your mother, but right now I need room to address other things in my life. Spare me. And then a, a voice from uh, the hallway. Jake, why haven't you been at work lately? And it's Christine, Jake's partner, and she comes running up to him. And he's like, Christine? About time you're back. After all, I miss my partner. And she comes up and she kisses him right in the mouth. And uh, Jake looks kind of surprised by this. And she's like, mm. And uh, I'm going to talk about this maybe later because this, this scene makes absolutely no sense. But anyway, um, so Amanda sees this and she has a like a little temper tantrum and she goes running off and she's like, you creep. And Hannah is kind of looking away, disappointed. And yeah, anyway, so Mandy goes running away and Jake is going after her. Mandy, come back. It's not what you think. Tyrene is like, uh, looks like I better crash somewhere else. I wouldn't hear of it, Tyrene. Mandy needs a friend her age. I hope I didn't ruffle anyone's feathers, says Christine. She's young. She'll recover. I didn't know you and Jake were an item. There's a lot you don't know, says Christine. In fact, more than you can possibly imagine. And we shift scenes and we see that uh, they're being watched through some sort of cosmic voyeuroscope. And it is a Sif, and she's got another goddess or servant of some some description here. And they're uh, it looks like they're they're doing her hair or something. I'm not really sure what's going on, but she's uh, starting to put on some armor, and she's looking very sultry and very straight boy kind of uh, comic book sexy here, uh, kind of unlike the normal image of of Sif that we would normally have. Sif is like uh, by the fires of hell. Something about that wench thought seemed less than honest. In fact, it is impossible to be sure. Yet, she reminds me of... And then there's a knocking coming at the door. Knock, 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 knock. Milady Sif, thou must grant me immediate audience. It would be my pleasure, brave Balder. Enter. And Balder comes in, and he sees what's going on in here, and um, he says, uh, gladly, for I... I... Speakest thou, old friend? Speakest thou, old friend? says Sif. What troubles thee? The trolls, my lady. They are gathering in armies. 
Not to attack Asgard, I trust. "'Twould be madness. Mayhap, says Baldur. I still fear the worst. And we go back to Earth, and Amanda's still running away from Jake, and he's following after, yout running, and then he's going, Mandy, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. You're a jerk, and somebody ought to make you pay. And she goes running off, and she turns into an alleyway, and she runs into somebody with a oong, and it turns out to be that reporter uh, that we saw earlier at Avengers Mansion. And he says, Precisely what I had in mind, miss. Is this man threatening you? No. Everything's all right. Everything's fine. Really? I think otherwise. In fact, the trouble's about to begin. And the reporter guy slaps his gloved hand over her face. And Amanda, keeping her from screaming, picks her up. And Jake comes around the corner at that point, And he's like, Put her down! And the, uh, the stranger lowers his glasses, and we can see that his eyes are glowing uh, kind of red, maybe red eyes of anger, maybe? I don't know. And uh, he says, Some like to fight, to wage personal war before a conflict is decided. Not me. I prefer to end matters before they escalate. Die! And he shoots uh, beams of fire out of his eyes, and they, they pass through Jake's coat, and he just kind of manages to dodge it, and he goes, Arg! And he falls down in the ground, and the, uh, the reporter guy says, I call it heat vision. Excruciating, isn't it? And uh, the, uh, Amanda breaks away, and she's like, Help! And she goes running, and the reporter says, Go. You're useless to me now, though you might like to know who holds your life in his hands. I'll terminate this masking field so you can see who commands the situation. And he pushes a button on his belt, and his, uh, the image of the reporter fades, like, like it's a, like a hologram or something. And Gladiator is revealed. Yes, same Gladiator we saw last issue. And on the cover... And he says, I am the gladiator. What do you want from me? I didn't do anything. And that's Amanda speaking. He, he knows who I am, says Jake. I have to change before it's too late. Time for the frail mortal flesh to be replaced by that of a god. And he bangs the hammer on the ground. And we get a very extreme 90s kind of image here of, of Thor. I don't know that I like this. But anyway, stand ye back, villainous one. Thou hast raised the wrath and ire of Thor, god of thunder. And he's hammers smoking. And uh, yep, we have a double page spread here as Thor weighs into the battle. And he says, Now that thou hast dared challenge the son of eternal Asgard, have at thee! And he whacks Gladiator over the head with Mjolnir, and there's a wham, and Amanda's here in the alley, and she's like, Thor, where'd he come from? Well, met have we been in times past, Gladiator, though thou seemest far older than I recall. Yet thou now attackest in a manner of a craven coward. Why, majestic one, why? Uh, so we're here finding out here that, that Thor has uh, teamed up with Gladiator at some point in the past, which we don't know about because uh, we haven't read it, whatever it was. Because of the death and havoc you'll wreak in the future, 
never come to pass. And if I have to sacrifice my life to make sure it doesn't happen, there's a price I'll gladly pay, says Gladiator, and he is uh, blowing his super breath at, at uh, Thor, and, and he blows Amanda back. Uh, I guess Amanda was like leaning up against the wall or something, and uh, blowing her at Thor, and Thor says, uh, Relax, girl. Harm shall never befall these so as long as the son of omnipotent Odin doth breathe. If it's wind thou wouldst have, Gladiator, then wind it shall be. With mighty Mjolnir in hand, the force of a thousand thousand hurricanes is Thor's to command. And he's whipping up a tempest here, and he's, he's holding on to Amanda with one arm. And Gladiator's uh, like, then I'll change tactics and drop you where you stand. And he does this uh, sort of incredible Hulk thing where he raises up both of his arms and he slams the ground with a thoom and creates a big shockwave and uh, sends uh, both uh, Amanda and Thor flying. And then he uh, picks up like half of the building that they're standing next to. And um, <laughs> Thor says, forceful but not forceful enough, caped one. Uh, which is an odd thing to call somebody when you're actually wearing a cape as well. But anyway... You talk as though you've seen my best, says Gladiator. Hardly. And then he throws half the building at Thor, and uh, Thor is there with his hammer to uh, completely deflect the building with a uh, truct and a brack. And he says, Nor hast thou witnessed the likes of mine. No earthen debris may fell Thor. Maybe not, but I can, says Gladiator. And he uh, leaps forward in super fast speed and he whacks Thor across the face and a smack and sends Thor flying. And the the hammer, I guess, is kind of, kind of trying to come back to him. And, uh, and Gladiator kicks the hammer, knocks it aside with a punt sound effect, knocks the hammer uh, into the air, like way, way over New York City, uh, goes flying and is uh, kind of comes crashing down in the middle of a runway at an airport, and uh, Gladiator's uh, punching Thor, knocks him back with a bram, and he uh, says, "In fact, thou won't need anything." And Amanda has gone running, and she's uh, apparently trying to run down to the back to the hospital or whatever. I do not believe this. First, that old guy with the mohawk tries to fry Jake, and then Thor shows up. Got to hide and use my cell phone to call an ambulance. Jake might have dumped my mom, but he still doesn't deserve. And something comes landing in the alleyway in front of her with a giant crump. And she's like, oh boy, I might be stupid for doing this, but that almost looked like... And uh, she goes up and says, oh my... It's him, Jake. And we see uh, Jake, and he's laying in this alleyway, and uh, it's, it's like a, a truck. Oh, it's not really a truck. It's like he, he crashed through the ceiling into a cellar, something. I'm not really sure what it is, but there's like towels or something folded up, and they're in the, like racks along either side of this room or whatever that he's in. And it looks like he's on fire, and then we have the next issue blurb. Combat, intrigue, action, death, mayhem, destruction, and a revelation so incredible. We guarantee that if you miss it, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. All that and more in a special 
double-sized issue and that is Thor volume 2 number 34 and we will be talking all about this issue right after this message the lonely hearts romance comics podcast in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass. We oh, just yeah. turned on him! <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is romance comics theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book romance. And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. So... Uh, yeah, carrying right on from the previous issue, we have the confrontation between Thor and Tareen, uh, a.k.a. Thor Girl. And so we've got that kind of thing that's setting up. And this is probably the part about the issue that works best. Then we have lots of cutting back and forth. That's hard to keep a narrative stream going on when you're doing that. I do the best I can, folks, but <laughs> it doesn't always work out all that well. There are some weird things going on here. So we have this weird scene here near the beginning of the episode where we have Christine confronting Jake at the hospital. Now, we just saw Christine last issue. It hasn't been a significant amount of time. It's not like Jake has been gone for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, it's just been maybe a day or something anyway. So she's coming in like she hasn't seen him forever and comes and plants a big old kiss on him. Now, we know something's going on now. It's not just a budding romance kind of thing going on here. We actually have her acting in a very suspicious way. And that's commented upon by the lady Sif, who just happens to be watching on the cosmic voyeuroscope. Not having read ahead, I'm guessing this might have something to do maybe with the Enchantress? I mean, that does seem to be her or her sister Lorelai's kind of stock and trade is causing people to fall in love with each other, whatever. So uh, I'm just kind of curious about that. But again, the, the time frame doesn't really make sense. We haven't, had, we haven't had Jake Olsen's mom sitting at his house waiting for him to come home from work for weeks. This is kind of the same day or the next day. It's, it's not a lot of like a lot of time has passed. Um, why would he ask Hannah Fairmount for anything? You have to admit, Jake has kind of treated her like shit. And if I were Hannah Fairmount, I would have said, you know, who the hell are you? Who, are you? who the hell are you to ask me anything? It doesn't make sense given Hannah's character. And it, it also doesn't make sense in terms of the storytelling. The, the artwork is very uneven and... Uh, this is not something that I'm really used to seeing in, in you know, a Thor comic. I mean, Andy Kubert, I generally consider to be, you know, reasonably good penciler, but there's a lot wonky here going on in the art. We're definitely seeing a very extreme 90s vibe to a lot of what's 
uh, going on art-wise in the issue. Whereas, you know, J.R. Jr. is trying to get more back to a, a more a more traditional Marvel style, the more classic Marvel style, you know, Kirby and Buscema influenced. We've actually got some really wonky anatomy here. Uh, we've got women with, you know, the, the waist the size of a toothpick compared to the rest of their body. We've got people whose, you know, thighs are bigger than their head. We, you know, we, we've got a lot of this real wonkiness. The aging of Amanda bothers me a little bit less than it might, but... I mean, she was supposed to be like, you know, 12, 13, and here she looks, you know, 16 to 18. So not that much time has passed. And especially in the Marvel Universe where people age very slowly, see Franklin Richards. But, yeah, it just seems to me to be a little bit weird. Uh, this, overall, the, the art is not brilliant the, the storytelling is a little bit sloppy. You can tell that the artist is trying. The artist is trying to tell a story, and the artist has been kind of doing their best to, within the limits of their ability to do so. But you also have the writer dialoguing things in a way that, I don't know, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, we have a you know gladiator of course now gladiator here you could you could argue when uh, Stuart Eminen drew him last episode Stuart made him look a bit older here he doesn't here he looks just like he does always and so the, the comment of him looking more aged that uh, that Thor made uh, towards the end of the issue it doesn't really square with us he doesn't look any older to us there's no gray in his mohawk or anything like that so I'm not really sure what he's talking about. Um, uh, I don't know when the, uh, the Imperial Guard and Thor got together. I'm assuming it was during the extreme 90s and, and during a time that we haven't covered on the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, it could well be that and I'm just, you know, I just don't know anything about it. Uh, I haven't read a lot of that stuff. So yeah, anyway. Um, so I don't really know. Uh, there are some pages that are particularly egregious. I want to say I'm going to call out page number 17. This is a full-page spread where Jake Olson changes into Thor. And the Thor we get is very extreme 90s stylized. His, you know, his wrist is bigger than his whole face. Uh, he's got this you know, big toothy grimace and his eyes are all whited out. And uh, it's, yeah, just not good. Uh, his feet are these giant sort of paddle mutant things that are bigger than his hammer. It's just kind of not good. And this is kind of what I would hope that they'd be trying to get away from at this point in 2001, not going back to the sort of extreme 90s uh, excess, which is what this looks like to me. And yeah, so that's just what I have to say. Uh, so not impressed, really. Uh, it's not what I would call a brilliant issue. Uh, just kind of telling a little bit more of the story. Uh, it's not real cohesive. And uh, yeah, this kind of blech. <laughs> you know, sometimes an issue is just another issue. And that's kind of what this is. Next week, of course, is a mythology episode as we celebrate episode number 333. And then we'll be back to uh, cover Thor number 35, the episode after that. All right, so once again, folks, we really appreciate you listening. If you want to email the show, you can do so. 
The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>